today we're starting this this little mini series and by no means am I going to exhaust the topic of humanity falling but there are three distinct falls that I want to highlight over the next few weeks and starting today and I know that we're going into Tabernacle Week and I believe God just aligned all this perfectly to fit in all at the same time. The fall of humanity, these three falls display a lot of information to us. We see things about how Eve and Adam fell. We see things about how Cain fell. And then an individual that many of you may not know anything about, a man named Lamech, he also contributed to the fall of humanity. God had a plan the entire time, but humanity began to fall away. So over the next few weeks, we'll dive into this. Today, we're actually starting with the very first humanic fall, which was the fall of Eve and Adam. And I know everybody's saying, well, no, don't we normally say Adam and Eve? I'm putting it in the order that the falling actually took place. So I'm going to do my best to say true to the text. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3. This is where we're going to be the bulk of the sermon. Then right at the end, we're going to go to Romans chapter 5. And we're just going to spend a little bit of time on the Word of God. Y'all, y'all enjoying the series? Yeah. On the count of three, y'all shout out everything that you've learned over the last five weeks. One, two, three, go. If you want to learn how to speak in tongues, just, no, I'm just kidding. That's bad. It's a bad, bad joke, really bad joke. Genesis chapter 3, it was so bad, none of y'all even laugh. How awesome is that? But Genesis chapter 3, going to start with verse 1, and here's what it says. Now the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild beasts that the Lord God had made. God made a bunch of wild beasts, and the serpent was the most shrewd. And he said, who is he? The serpent talked to the woman. And notice what he says here. Did God really say Did God really say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? Did God really say? It sounds like whoever this serpent was, that he lived in modern Christianity. Did God really say that? I don't have a personal conviction about that, so does that really matter? Hmm. That ain't my sermon. Y'all just got that one for free. Drop down. The woman replied to the serpent. Always be careful talking to people who talk back to snakes. That's just weird. I'm just saying. I want you to notice what she says here. We may eat of the fruit of the other trees of the garden. It's only about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, notice this, Ye shall not eat of it. Sorry, I dropped into KJV there. You shall not eat of it or touch it, lest you die. So the serpent, being the shrewdest of all the wild beasts, decides to have a conversation with Eve. The element of humanity whose name literally means life. He goes to the one who represents life. See the symbolism that's happening here. And he begins to question life about what God said or did not say. And life responds and says, this is what God said and some more. And this is where life messed up. Because life revealed something about itself that it had no clue about. 
And I know it's, it's been a thick service and the presence of God is moving in a very thick way. And I believe God has brought us to this place for us to hear the word today. And I'm, I'm going to do my best not to talk very long, but I want you to hear this. Is that, is that okay? Y'all going to preach with me? Can I preach fast? Some of y'all doubt that, but I'm going to do my dead level best. I promise you. There are three things I want you to notice out of what we just read. First, Satan, also known as Lucifer, Lucy was his name, and Lucy has some splaining to do. Lucy, splain! If you don't know about I Love Lucy, you just need Jesus in your life. I'm just saying. Mm. And I ain't talking about no reboots. I'm talking about the original. TV land, late at night, turn the video games off, turn on I Love Lucy and get some real stuff in you. Anyway, Lucifer took on the form of a serpent. Lucifer is not a serpent. The serpent is not Lucifer. Lucifer, the fallen angel, the one who was the primary worship leader in the heavenlies who God had booted out because of his five elements of pride where he thought to exalt himself above the throne of God and to actually replace God. When God banished him from the heavenlies, he gave him dominion in the world or in the realm that is the earthlies. By the way, that's where we live. Look at your neighbor and say, that's your house. He banished him here and he has authority. So in the realm of the earthlies or in the realm of the humanities, Lucifer had the ability to take on the form of something that God created. Notice, Lucifer does not have the ability to create anything on his own. He can only pervert something God has already created. And so here we see that Lucifer takes on the form of a serpent. And the Bible doesn't really tell us why. doesn't really say that much about the serpent, only that it was the shrewdest of all the wild beasts. And the shrewdest is another word for cunning. It was the most cunning beast. It was the most creative. It was the most manipulative. It was the most conniving. There's a whole lot of words you could drop there that it would apply. And the only other thing that we know is it apparently had legs. There, there are some believers who say, well, it was a dragon. I have no idea. The Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't say anything about fire breathing out of its mouth. I mean, that, that could have been what it was, but we don't know. The Bible does not really even go into any detail. Well, how do you know it had legs? Genesis chapter 3 verse 14 shows us that this serpent, whatever it was, had legs. It's like talking to Lieutenant Dan. That was bad. So the first thing we know is that Satan or Lucifer took on the form of the serpent. The second thing that we know from this passage of Scripture is that Satan... Hang on, Christians, I'm going to mess with you. Satan didn't lie to Eve. Now, I just busted like 25 years of Sunday school. I just busted somebody's religious viewpoint of the Bible, taking someone else's parroting word instead of getting into the text to find out what he actually says. Satan did not lie to Eve. Like, yes, he did. No, he did not. When we read the text... We simply cannot find a lie in Satan's question. Did God really say? He didn't say, hey, hey, Eve, hey, the life aspect of humanity. God said this, this. No, that's not what he did. Satan did not lie to Eve. He simply asked her a question. Did God really say? Y'all tracking with me? 
The third thing that we see from the passage of Scripture we just read is this. Eve did not know God's commandment. That's why Satan did not have to lie to her. She didn't know what she was talking about. You say, well, how in the world do you know this? Because Eve's response to the serpent reveals her abject ignorance. Say, what are you talking about? If you were to go back and read through the end of chapter 2, here's what you would find. In the beginning of chapter 3, here's what you would find. God spoke to Adam the one who he created in his own likeness and in his own image. And he says this to Adam, this garden. By the way, let me just drop this in real quick. Eden is not the name of the garden. Eden is the place in the earthlies that God prepared for himself. Then he created a space within himself and he called it the garden on the eastern side of Eden. There's a garden in Eden. Eden is not the garden. God created a space within himself where he could commune in physical form with his image bearers. And he takes humanity and he places it like, Pastor, are you making stuff up? No, I just know how to read the Bible. It's just words mean things. And I take them at face value instead of trying to undercut everything that I read in the word of God. And I don't go to the blogosphere to find out what it says. I go to the one who inspired it. And I say, Holy Spirit, give me understanding of the word. By the way, you can do it as well. You too can have this in you, 14 papers. No, I'm just kidding. That's not how it works. So God says to the image bearers, I'm going to place you in the middle of this space I've prepared for you and I to commune and be in relationship together in. By the way, where, where is this at? That's a very strategic location in our world. The area still exists today. It's where Israel is. So don't buy into the politics that says they don't deserve it. They do deserve it because God gave it to them before he gave any land to anyone else. That's not a political statement. That is a biblical factual statement. And God is never going to negate his promises. And he says, I'm going to place you in this garden and everything that you need is going to be in this garden. First off, I'm going to be here and then I'm going to put everything else that you're going to need to be in communion with me. And I'm also giving you two really, really cool trees. The first tree is the tree of of life. Hey, Adam, hey, Eve, hey, humanity, hey, life, you can go and you can eat of this tree. No, it's not the tree that's in like Main Street at Disney. That's a really cool tree, but that's not the tree I'm talking about. It's not the tree that's in the movie Wrinkle in Time. No, it's not anything that humanity could contrive. It is a tree that God designed for his image bearers that every time they ate from the tree, their existence in relationship with God would be extended. Y'all with me? Tree number one. How many of y'all know I would be like hanging out at that tree every day? Like it's free. It's awesome. It tastes like a mixture of watermelon and cranberries with bacon, if that's even possible. That's not biblical. That's monocle. It sounds good, though. <laughs> and he creates this tree, and he says, you can go hang out here. In other words, you can stay in relationship with me as often as you want to. But in the moment that you decide that you need something more than me, there's another tree I'm putting. Why did God do that? Because God is not 
an overpowering force. God does not want to force you to love him. He gives us a choice. So he says, you have unlimited, unfettered access to relationship with me, but I want you to do this because you want to do this, not because I told you to do this. So he creates another tree called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I'm not going to take the time to read the scripture, but just go back and read it and make sure that I'm in the book, right? When you go back and read this, here's what you're going to find. God said, you can eat of any tree in the garden, including the tree of life. In fact, get extra. Like go to the buffet and then take a to-go box. It's like being on one of those all-inclusive cruises. It never closes. You can just keep coming back to the buffet. But of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, hey, don't eat that. All God said was don't eat that because in the moment that you eat that, there is going to be a consequence that you don't understand that happens in your life because you ate, you consumed, you invited something into you that you know nothing about. You're not designed to handle this, but I'm going to give you a choice. God never said don't touch the tree. He only said don't eat from the tree. Where did Eve hear this? In fact, here's something else you'll find if you dig in the Word of God. Eve is never recorded having a conversation with God until the end of chapter 3. Where did she learn this? God didn't tell her this. When the shrewd, cunning serpent comes to her and begins to ask her questions she doesn't know the answer to, she rattles off something that she heard from somewhere. She either made it up or someone told her. Here's what I would submit. I can't prove this biblically, but here's what I would submit. Adam is the one who had the conversations with God. Adam is the one that God said, hey, eat from the tree of life. Don't even eat. Don't just like don't eat from that tree. And Adam went, oh, my God, look at this thing that you gave me. Who is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. She came out of me while I was sleeping. I'm going back to bed to see what else happens. And Adam is so enthralled. Adam is so enthralled with his other self. King James uses the word help meet. That doesn't mean she's the help meet. It means she is the help that is perfectly formed for him. She is everything that he is not. In Hebrew, that concept of help meet is simply this. Eve is his other self. Single folks, don't just be looking for someone who looks good for someone who literally compliments every weakness in your life and don't look for the person who is just like you you're going to make very weird babies you need to look for someone who's like here's the deal I love Olga but she is nothing like me thank God she is nothing like me we would never get anything done because we would fight all the time because I'm stubborn. I'm bullheaded. My grandpa used to tell me I was a butt dumpling, and that's exactly how I feel sometimes. You don't want two butt dumplings getting married. That's just going to be rough. Eve was everything that Adam was not. And Adam looks at Eve, and he goes, this is what I've been missing because the Bible says that God looked around and saw Adam naming all the creatures and, and God goes, oh snap, it's not good for Adam to be alone. 
Because Adam sees what the animals are doing because animals do what animals do. And Adam's like, hey. And God's like, no. I'm going to stop this right now. Go to sleep, boy. Go to your room. Take your divine melatonin. Get you some sleep. And while Adam is sleeping, God goes to work on the inside of Adam. Oh, I love this. God goes to work on the inside of Adam and extricates something from Adam that is a part of his actual structure. And when he pulls it out of Adam, he says, now I'm going to take my power and my authority and I'm going to form another type of image bearer that's not just like this one. This one is an Audi. This one's going to be an innie. Why? Why? Because this one by itself can't produce anything. This one needs this one to produce anything. And I don't want this to be the last aspect of image bearing that I create. I want them to work together in cohesion. There's going to be iron sharpening iron. There's going to be friction. There's going to be sparks. There's going to be arguments. Guys, don't say amen on that. There's going to be moments that they don't get along, but I need them to complement each other. Eve is his other self. And Adam is like, you are everything I have needed. God said, you can eat of all the trees. Look at the tree of life. It's amazing. Eve, you see this tree? Don't even touch it. He did not even want her getting in proximity of it. Because I think Adam possibly knew something about humanity already. You give me a line, I'm going to go right up to the line. And when you turn away, I'm going to step right on over that line. Just being real. I think rules are suggestions. That, that's, that's why I drive really fast. Any of you non-rule followers in the house, and don't, don't act like you're not. I know that you're, there you go. That's why me and Donnie get along so well. We will break a rule. so Adam says like don't even touch the tree and it was so powerful in Eve's hearing that when the enemy came to her and asked her a question about something that she had never heard directly from God instead of saying wait wait I've got to go back and talk to the one who taught me instead of doing this she simply responds from abject ignorance yeah God said God said don't eat it and God also said don't touch it Let's drop down to verse 4. And the serpent said to the woman, look, look what happens here. The serpent said to the woman, you're not going to die. But God knows that as soon as you eat from it, your eyes are going to be open. And you're going to be like divine beings who know good and bad. Please show me where the lie is and what he said. He's not lying. He is simply repeating back to her what God said to her out of context with information that she did not readily have because she had no relationship with the one who spoke it in the first place. And she's speaking out of ignorance. Satan clearly sees that she doesn't know what she's talking about. So he confuses her with her own ignorance. 
Any KJV readers in the house, the word that is there in the KJV is the word beguiled. And Satan beguiled Eve. That's, that's a great word. We don't know what it means, but it's a great word. Here's what beguiled means. Beguiled means to confuse with your own ignorance. I can get you to do whatever I want you to do if you don't know what you're doing in the first place. Because I can twist things. I can say things to you out of context. Next thing you know, you're, you're believing a lie. And you're like, wait, what happened? I was just walking along like getting my morning fruit tree. And a, a serpent starts talking to me, telling me things about God. I love talking about God. Me and Adam talk about God all the time. I never talk to God, but I talk to people about talking to God. I take their word for it because they talk to God and I just want to be around them because they talk to God all the time. I just love being around prayer warriors. No, I'm not going to pray. That's not what I do. I would rather go talk to the world about my drama. I'd rather get a fix than talk to the one who can actually heal me. I'd rather engage in self-gossip or external gossip because that makes me feel better about myself. I'd rather gossip about God and complain about all the things he's done wrong because I don't know him. This okay today? I'd rather scream at the sky, God, how dare you? And I've never talked to him any other time. Eve was confused by her own ignorance and the devil knew this. So here's what he did. He told her something that would comfort her ignorance. So what does that even mean? He tells her something to make her feel comfortable in what she did not know. He actually fed her pride. This okay? Y'all still going to like me when this is over? Let's find out. Ignorance always seeks justification. Ignorance always seeks justification. If you know anything about building anything, I like to dabble in construction. Dabble is the right word. I, I, I like to do just enough to mess it up to where somebody else like Eric has to come in and fix my problems. But I went to architectural school and here's what I learned. When a, word, when a wall is out of being straight, I'm sure there's a word for that, but I didn't really listen that much. When a, when a wall is not straight, you don't just build on the wall. I know that's what happens in Louisiana a lot, but that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to justify the wall. What does that mean? When you justify a wall, you take something that is crooked and you make it straight or at least make it appear straight. It may not be straight, but it just looks like it is. It's called justification. And when... When we don't really know what we're talking about, especially in regards to God, we look for a way to justify ourselves. I just want to look like I know what I'm talking about. No, I have not read the Bible ever, except for that verse of the day that pops up on my app. I never go in the app. I just, I'm glad it's there because it gives me the verse of the day, and then I really feel like I've communed with God. I have a Jesus sticker on my car. Back off. I said, Pastor, why don't you have a Jesus sticker? Have you seen me drive? Like nobody would ever go to Jesus if they watched me drive. <laughs> like, 
I'm, I'm out of here. But when we really don't know what, we talk, what we're talking about, when we are actually speaking out of ignorance or we're repeating things that have been told to us out of context, we want to look better so we justify ourselves so that no one looks down on us. And Christians are the world's worst about this. We hear some yammering on the radio, and because it's on Christian radio, we think it's right. And then we go tell someone, and they start living according to that. Next thing you know, they're falling in the ditch because the blind leading the blind makes everyone fall in the ditch. And we don't know what we're talking about because we don't know the one of whom we're talking about. And our lives are crooked. Our understanding is crooked. And we're like, hey, we need justification. So just like add some stuff on there. Like duct tape and bailing wire is the church planner's best friend. You can like just take a look at the drum cage sometime. Like duct tape makes things work. Now you're looking at it. (laughs) I never noticed it before. We justified the dog out of that thing. As long as we look good, as long as you can't really see the flaw in the dark, dim the lights, they won't see it. I'm not going to go be around believers because I like my junk more than I actually want to be healed. I'd rather cut. I'd rather raise my middle finger to God and walk around life flipping him off than to actually get close enough for him to actually do what he wants to do in me. I want to justify God hates me. Otherwise, I would never deal with what I'm dealing with. This too real? Many believers don't truly know God. They don't hear his voice. Because they don't read his word. And they're seeking justification. And anyone who will say anything to make them feel good about their situation. And society just piles it on. Because that's all society is all about. Feel good in the moment. Doesn't matter what you actually know. Just say it. Someone told you repeat it. It's got to be fact. It's on the internet, right? Satan saw Eve's ignorance. So he told her something to appeal to her pride or to justify her ignorance. I'm not really changing anything. I just want you to think that I'm changing something. Let's look at verse 6. When the woman saw, notice this, when the woman saw that the tree was good for eating, a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable as a source of wisdom, she took of its fruit and she ate. Then she goes to where Adam is. She gives it to him. He didn't see nothing, but it was in her hand. And he took it and he ate. There are three things right here that Satan reveals to Eve to justify her ignorance. Y'all travel fast with me first. It's good for eating. He revealed the lust of her flesh to her. It's good for eating. Ooh. Let me just be real with you. Somebody drop some cheese and bacon and potatoes anywhere near me and it's good for eating. 
Unless the potatoes are sweet. That's not a real thing. No one should eat them. They're unhealthy. Sweetness is bad for you. It's good for eating. She was lusting in her flesh. He appealed to the lust of her flesh. But it was a delight to the eyes. What he's doing here is he's revealing to her the lust that's in her eye. I see it. I want it. I've got to have it. They're doing it. Why can't I? They said it was okay. They're enjoying it. I love when, when someone who is an absolute train wreck in their life makes a major life change. And then they have to go on Facebook or Instagram or any of the other grammagisms and just has to let everybody know this is the best life I've ever lived. No, it's not. You're just lying bigger. Because you never dealt with the issue. And it may feel good right now because that momentary pressure is off of you. But give it about three months because you didn't change, baby. You're going to walk right back into the same hill that you were in three months ago. This okay? All right. Let me, let me get back in. The third thing, it's desirable as a source of wisdom. This is the pride of life. And any of you who have read the Bible, you're recognizing something here. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. These are things that we see throughout the text. We see them in the Old Testament. We see them in the New Testament. We're living in them now, and a lot of times we don't recognize it because we don't spend enough time in the Word. But here, let me tell you something about this. These are the only three weapons Satan has to use against you. These are the only three weapons that he used throughout the Word of God, and they're the only weapons he has now. He cannot create anything out of nothing. He is not the opposite of God. All he can do is confuse you with your own ignorance, and he's going to let you feel justified by appealing to two lusts and a place of pride that's in your life. The lust of my flesh, what makes me feel good? That's why we justify sucking poison down as if we needed a conviction not to self-poison. Makes me feel good, I'm going to do it. This is why we can hop from bed to bed, partner to partner. God made me to procreate. I'm just going to practice to find out who the right one is. It feels good, do it. YOLO, you only live once. No, here's the problem. You never stop living. You just end eternity either in communion or outside of communion. So you better take advantage of the moment where you get to live in relationship. Because you only have relationship once. It feels good. I'm going to do it. No, I want it. I want it. I saw it on Instagram. I have to have it. That's why they put the ads in front of you. Like, seriously, Olga and I are driving from Wyoming back to Denver the other day. Project one was over. We're going to project two, and we're driving through the absolute nothingness that's out there. Like, nothing as far as you can see, and all of a sudden, like a mirage out of the deepest, darkest, like, wavy desert, we see this billboard that says, soft serve ice cream. I didn't want soft serve ice cream, but I did when I saw it. We're like driving along, I'm doing like 100 because there's no speed limit out there. Praise the maker. If there were more people, I'd move over there just so I could drive that fast. <laughs> driving along, and Olga's just like, she's listening to a book on tape. We're just having, oh, God, it's awesome. It's awesome. Soft serve, yes. 
She's like, where are we going? Don't worry about it. Why are we getting ice cream? I saw it. I want it. Lust of the eye. I justify my need for it because I saw it and I wanted it. Shiny. It was desirable as a source of wisdom, the pride of life. Look at what I've done. I went to cemetery and I know all the things. I'm not, I'm not messing with you, Darius. I'm not messing with you. But I went to cemetery and I learned all the things. Seminary, seminary. It was a bad joke. Seminary, seminary. I read a book about this revivalist, therefore I know all there is to know about end time revival. I subscribe to this blogosphere and I know all there is to know about the end times. I pray more than you do. I know a different preacher than you do. I get to call Pastor Luke, Lukey. Don't do that, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I, I know this worship celebrity. Peel me a grape, you peasant. I've been in this my whole life. I know all there is to know. Hogwash. Set your pride down somewhere because you are inviting justification from the enemy into your story. Eve fell. Notice this. Eve fell because of ignorance, lust, and pride. She fell completely because of ignorance, lust, and pride. But Adam knew exactly what God said. And when Eve walked up to him with this forbidden fruit, he knew exactly where it was from. He knew exactly how she broke God's law. She did not have to convince him. She just went, here. And he went, okay. No questions asked. He was in relationship with God. Hear me. Immature Christian, hear me. Hear your pastor appealing to you right now. He was in relationship with God daily. The Bible said that Adam communed with God as God would move into the garden on the winds that cooled the day. Imagine getting to have a conversation with God face to face every time the wind blows. Adam was close to God. He was in relationship, but all it took was Eve to go, looks good, don't it? I ate it. I can't stand up in this generation because they'll make fun of me. They'll cancel me if I don't do what they want me to do. That's just the culture. How do I not do what... You're in relationship with God. Don't rely on what's in front of you. Rely on what He spoke into you. He knew that if she ate that fruit, what God was going to do, he was going to banish her from the garden. And he knew if he ate it, the same thing was going to happen to him. But Adam was unwilling to lose Eve. So he chose Eve over his relationship with God because he liked how she made him feel. His feelings for Eve were stronger than his passion For God. Is it any wonder that Jesus said, unless you're willing to hate family, to hate friends, you can't be my disciple. And modern day Christianity went, 
Cool. I didn't want to do that anyway. God's not about hate. No, no, you're reading it wrong. Unless you are willing to say, I love you, but you're leading me away from God, so I'm going to step back over here until you get your act together. You're my friend. I love you, but our friendship is making me weak spiritually, so I have to push away from you. Pastor, that's banishing. That's rude. No, it's not. It's godly. What would be different in humanity if Adam would have said, hey, God, I love you more than her. She's awesome. She's everything that I am not, but I need you more than I need her. I have to submit and understand that the course of humanity would look completely different. Eve responded out of ignorance. It wasn't rebellion. She didn't have a relationship with God. So she responds from ignorance, lust, and pride. But Adam fell for two completely different reasons, preference and feelings. He chased his preference and he chased his feelings. And I think I just stepped into the middle of modern day Christianity. This is the kind of music I like and I will not worship unless you play it. Thanks to the long clapper. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Oh, I don't like when you preach out of that translation. You didn't say it the way I like it said, so the Lord is leading me to find another congregation. Did you talk to him? Does God move people? Yes, he does. But when he moves them, there is no confusion, there is no chaos. Because God is not the author of confusion. Don't blame God for something you're not studying. Adam fell because of his preference and his feelings. Y'all, let's be real. We can clearly see ourselves in Eve and Adam's fall. And I'm saying that because that's how it happened. First Eve fell and then Adam fell. Oh, that means that women are less than men. Hogwash. Don't, don't, don't make it political. We're all made in the image and the likeness of God. Both male and female created he them. In his image and likeness. God made them both. They're both valuable. Women, you're not secondary. Don't let anybody tell you that. Men, they're not secondary. And they're not your servants. You're welcome. But we can clearly see ourselves in Eve and Adam's fall. And our ignorance of who God is and what he said leads us to this place of self-justification. self-justify, we make it look good and then we fall into our ignorance our lust and our pride and then we chase our feelings rather than what God said God said be still and we're like no I just need to feel the Holy Spirit (laughs) stop trying to conjure a move of God he said be still and know that I am God I don't need you to move I don't need you to do anything I know who I am Do you know who I am? Go sit down somewhere and let my spirit pass in front of you and I will reveal myself to you. Like, what are they talking about? I'm in the Bible. Stop trying to conjure God. We don't worship a pagan God. We don't have to do things to get his attention. He made us with his attention. You've got it regardless. 
And he sees everything, and he's not mad at you. He's not disappointed at you. He loves you with an undying love, and he says, you're chasing the wrong thing. I'm right here. Eve and Adam, their fall conditioned humanity from the beginning until now. Everything that we struggle with in this life, we see here and we see now. Genesis chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. I'm almost done. I know I went long, but I hope you are with me. I hope you're sticking with me because we're almost done. I want you to see this. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they perceived that they were naked. It's amazing what happens when you get into the light of God. You begin to see things that you did not see before. Notice what they did. They sewed together fig leaves and made themselves loincloths. They heard the sound of the Lord God moving about in the garden at the breezy time of day, and the man and his wife hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They decided to go hide in the place that God had created to spend time with them. It's kind of like that immature Christian who loves to hide in the church. I serve every Sunday. I never miss anything, but I'm not letting God do anything in me because I don't want you to know what I'm really struggling with. I'm hiding in the garden. I see God moving. I see the result because I see the trees and the leaves moving but I'm going to hide and I'm going to cover myself with a loincloth. This is how they reacted to their fall. They tried to cover themselves with something they designed. God did not make them a loincloth. They covered themselves with something they designed. Let me bring this home. Religion is one of the biggest loincloths that humanity has ever designed. Because we can hide behind the fragile covering of religion and convince ourselves no one can see our bits and pieces. But what we don't understand is that everyone can see what's missing. This is why you can hear on the news something tragic coming out of a world religion and then the very next day see advertisements inviting people to come be a part of that religion. They're completely blind to the fact we're molesting people here, but please come be a part of what we're doing. Pastor, are you attacking? No, I'm just revealing what's there. And before you get all mad at the liturgical groups, let's talk about the non-denominational groups. We love Jesus. Can't you tell how good we worship? We'll sleep around on our wives, but we worship amazing. We have no dedications. Follow us. Grace has given us the ability to live however we want, but our lives are falling apart because there is no depth. We cover ourselves with the loincloth of worship culture, convincing ourselves that we are obedient to God. And he's saying, I never designed that. I told you to worship me in spirit and in truth, and you made it entertainment. I said that my house should be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. You're selling crap in my house. You're making people buy salvation. And I said it was a free gift. 
You're adding to what I said. I said, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and take my yoke upon you, and I will give you life. But you turned it around, and you said, okay, you did that. Now do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Don't wear that. Don't go there. Don't. As if that saves us. No, that's the result of salvation. We're hiding behind a loincloth, covering up our most tender parts. The parts that actually embarrass us if they're exposed to the public. And we hide behind and God said, I never made that. Then they ran and they hid from God. The one who made them. He made them in his image and in his likeness. And they stumbled one time. And they prejudged God. Here's what Adam and Eve revealed about themselves. They didn't really know God. So they were prejudiced toward him. And they judged him and said, he is going to kill us. We better go hide. And humanity says, oh, God's judgmental. God's... What did God do? Verse 9, the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, and notice in the original language, the word man there is not talking about Adam. It says God called out to humanity. God called for Adam and Eve and says, where are you? Where are you? They judged God as if God was mean. And God said, oh, you sinned? I better go to where you are because you need healing. And this thing they covered themselves with convinced them that they needed to hide from God. Is it any wonder why people are running away from religion in droves? Because religion is a lie. Stop believing the lie of religion. It is a lie. It's not covering you. It's hurting you. And it's convincing you that God is angry at you because you stumbled. The Bible doesn't say this, but I am willing because I know the nature of my God. I am willing to bet that if they had come back to God and said, look, Eve said, look, the serpent beguiled me. I didn't know what I was talking about. So I ate the fruit and I gave it to Adam. And Adam said, yeah, I ate it. Instead of acting like someone else convinced him to do it. If they had just taken responsibility, I am willing to bet that God would have said, I got you from here. But they didn't do it. They hid behind something they created. And they hid from the one who brings healing. God did not abandon them. They prejudged him. God's judgmental. No, he's not. Humanity is judgmental. But notice what he did in verse 21. And the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. The Lord God looks at what they designed. They got fig leaves. Sewed them together. Sitting there in their ashamed state of, oh my God, I, don't look at me. Don't, don't look at me. I'm flawed. Don't look at me. I got to cover myself. And when I cover myself, I'm going to go hide. And God, the one who's supposed to be so mad at the world, comes looking for him. And when he sees them, yes, he gives them the consequence of their failure. Grace can't keep you from consequence. Stop lying to yourself. It won't keep you from consequence. But he says, look, consequence is coming. 
And those leaves are not going to work in the environment that you're about to be in. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you a little image of what I'm going to do roughly 4,000 years from now. Because real covering only comes from something that has been slain. Because there is no real justification without the blood being spilled. And he says, hey, I can't do it right now. I'm going to. I'm going to. One day, I'm going to put on flesh. One day, I'm going to do that. Y'all won't be here. But I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to do the ultimate covering. But in the moment, I'm going to show you what it's going to look like. And God slays one of his animal creatures. Takes the skin and covers his image bearers. What is he doing? He's trying to make a modest. Stop, stop, stop. He's showing them there is no justification without my identity covering you. Take some time today. I don't have time to get into it. Take some time and go read Romans chapter 5 and see that though sin entered the world through this one man, this one man, Jesus Christ, took care of everything that this man started. Go read it. Go read it. It's there. But let me bring this to a close. God wants to meet you here now in this moment because you've been covering yourself with something you created because you're trying to justify yourself with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. These are your pride centers, and you're trying to justify yourself. I don't need to be in relationship with God because I know someone who is, and I can do it myself. We tell ourselves lives like, oh, I don't need to be in the house of God. Yes, you do. You need to be in the house of God. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. All the more as you see the day approach. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that tells you it's okay to cut out just every time you want to cut out. Pastor, you're trying to get better numbers. I don't care. One of our pastoral team is out of town this weekend on their anniversary. Go. Have a good time. I thought about texting them and tell them not to even watch, but I know y'all better than that. Not against you missing church. Missing church is not a sin unless you've convinced yourself that you're supposed to. Or if you convince yourself that community with other believers is an option for your salvation, because where else do you get challenged to go into the Word of God? And where else do you get challenged to produce acts of love and good works? Go read Hebrews chapter 10 and you'll find out what he says about it. But stop hiding behind the loincloth of religion and the loincloth of pride and the loincloth of philosophy and the loincloth of human reasoning and the loincloth of preference and the loincloth of your feelings and the loincloth of your ignorance. Stop hiding and just say, here I am. This is me. Can you love me the way that I am? Because I cannot do it on my own.